Hi ladies and gentlemen, Eugene Weaver here with another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. Uh, today I am going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, the last episode I focused on, uh, on Roger Corman pictures and today we're going to go across the pond to Italy and I'm going to be talking about uh, several movies that um, are... I, w I would guess extremely uh, underseen. I would uh, dare say that they there's probably not a whole lot of uh, market for these, but that's what this show is about, is that little niche audience that enjoys this type of thing. Uh, these movies are... It's kind of an interesting story with these movies that I'm going to be talking about. These are made-for-TV, Italian TV movies. Uh, there was four different movies that were made, and um, the uh, studio that made them, that produced them, was called Film Mirage. And Film Mirage, uh, in the 80s, had a whole bunch of Italian-type uh, movies being released. Even in the, into the 90s, they had some, uh, some different genre picks released. And uh, Film Mirage uh, had... Uh, most of their stuff was of the uh, silly spaghetti Italian splatter variation. Most of the time they were trying to copy large budget American horror movies. And uh, and a couple of the, of the ones that I'm going to be talking about today are no exception. But this was a four movie series uh, called Houses of Doom in, in Italy. And they were all made in 1989 on a shoestring budget and um, all featured the same house that that is either haunted or there's bad goings-ons in the house. And a lot of the sets were reused. Some of the actors were reused. First up is Umberto Lenzi. And Umberto Lenzi directed Seven Bloodstained Orchids, which was a uh, giallo from the early 70s. Um, he also did Ghost House. That was another film mirage movie. Uh, Nightmare City, which was a uh, zombie movie. It was okay, but his big claim to fame, Umberto Lenzi's big claim to fame, is Cannibal Firo, also known as Make Them Die Slowly. That's kind of his big, his big, uh, I don't want to say claim to fame because he's not that famous or anything, but uh, um, that's kind of what put him on the map. But his two movies are uh, House of Lost Souls and House of Witchcraft, and those are the two that I'm going to be focusing on mainly today. The other director was uh, Lucio Fulci, which, if you're listening to this, you know who Lucio Fulci is. He's one of my favorite directors, uh, especially out of Italy, uh, made Zombie and The Beyond and uh, House by the Cemetery and New York Ripper and The Psychic and all sorts of, of great stuff. I'm going to be focusing on more of his movies on a later episode especially some, some ones that you may not have heard of or seen. But uh, Fulci's two movies that he contributed to this are The Sweet House of Horrors and House of Clocks. And um, I'm not going to even be touching on Sweet House of Horrors because that I watched it one time, and to me it was literally unwatchable. It was just horrible. The other three, however, are quite entertaining, all in their own 
unique little way. I do think Umberto Lenzi's movies are better than than the Fulci ones, but but Fulci's House of Clocks is a good time. Uh, and if I have time on this episode, I am going to get to that one. But I do want to focus mainly on House of Witchcraft and House of Lost Souls. So I'm going to start with House of Witchcraft. And um, it goes without saying, I probably don't even need to say the actors that are in this because they are literally no-name Italian actors that you've never seen before or since uh, and will never see again. But what makes it so good is that they're just perfect for a movie like this. So it was you know, late 80s, 1989, on a low budget. And so the the heyday of the Italian splatter movie had long since passed. Uh, th- those days ended in... Even the mid-80s is pushing it. I remember, I mean, Demons came out in 1985, I believe. But that was kind of... That was that was getting to be the beginning of the end. Uh, I know that uh, Stage Fright came out in 86 or 87, that which is one of the best slasher movies ever made. And that actually came out of, out of Italy, too. Uh, and Dario Argento, he threw... Throughout the 80s, he was churning out stuff to, to various levels of quality. But essentially, 1989 on, there was not much happening in Italian cinema. And this is proof here. Uh, but these movies have their own unique charm to them. Something about the way they're made. The acting, it's not, the acting isn't good, but, but there's a lot of heart put into the movie. And the stories are actually quite good. Um, so... Here's the synopsis for House of Witchcraft. A young man dreams a recurring nightmare in which he is running away from someone before he's reaching an old house. And there, there's an old, ugly woman that is boiling his head in a huge kettle. That uh, He sees this, and his girlfriend thinks it's good for him to take a few days off, and then they drive to an old house that belongs to her family. And... It just so happens, of course, that the house is the one that this young man is always entering in his nightmare. And the young man that I'm talking about here, his name is Andy J. Forrest. And I would I would dare say that his real name is not that. I would guess it's going to be some Italian name. Um, and the, the, actually, the rest of the names in the cast, I don't even want to try to pronounce because I'm going to butcher them. So there's no point in even going there. Um, but anyway... Uh, that's that's what the movie's about, but I gotta say there's a lot of twists and turns in the movie, and it it really keeps you guessing what's what's going on. There's there's not a whole lot of it's not overtly gory, but it still has that certain charm that made Italian cinema back in the 70s and 80s so much fun to watch. Uh, so there's it's low rent, but it's it's got some gruesome goods, um, but uh, it just What's cool about the movie is that it's more—it's played more of a supernatural mystery. And by the way, the House of Witchcraft, even the title, insinuates that you're watching some really, really evil, scary movie, and it's not. Trust me. Uh, any anybody that has seen an Umberto Lenzi movie knows what they're going to be getting into with with this, and that would be bad acting, so-so to poor production values, but for some reason. It's entertaining, and the movies that I listed that he's done that I've seen have all been very entertaining. In fact, I could see myself uh, covering Ghost House at a later time as well, which is uh, that movie there, Ghost House, was shot in the same house that Lucio Fulci uses in his movie House by the Cemetery. So that same house was used in 
Lindsay's ghost house. Uh, so anyway, oh, that's but that's for another episode. Uh, for now, I'm going to be focusing on the Houses of Doom. But this one here isn't quite my favorite of the bunch. Uh, this would probably be my second favorite. Uh, my 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 favorite is the one I'm going to be touching on next, and that would be House of Lost Souls. And I've probably watched that one more than any of the other ones, although uh, I've watched these things each probably seven or eight times now since I first got them on DVD. These are a little bit harder to find. Uh, they're, I would guess, out of print at this point. I, I'm sure they're not on Netflix. I know they're not. You might be able to find them on YouTube streaming, so you might be able to watch them off of YouTube. Um, you can you can find the DVDs for relatively cheap, and if if you're a fan of this type of movie, which is the Italian horror grindhouse type stuff, y- you should you should try and find them. You should try and find these, pick them up. They're not long; they're only like eighty, pushing eighty minutes long each, uh, because again, they were made for TV. So I'm guessing the whole mindset was uh, with commercials, these, these clock in at two hours, the end, done. Uh, but it's funny knowing that these were made for TV. There is no way even today, in today's day and age, that these could be shown on at least network television. Uh, now, maybe one of the premium cable channels or you know, like uh, AMC, something like that, maybe maybe there, but um, network television, wow, I'm surprised because these movies have enough bloodshed. There's nudity in all of them, uh, and even just the language is, it's, it's definitely R-rated stuff here. But House of Lost Souls, okay, that's uh, my favorite of the of the bunch, and uh, I'll just briefly say what the movie is about. A uh, group of geology students traveling through Italy get lost and have to spend the night in a remote hotel. They are greeted by a silent man who they take as being the owner. Soon strange visions haunt the travelers. Dead bodies appear and disappear. Blood drips from the ceiling. Spiders crawl over beds and ghosts materialize out of thin air. In anybody that knows anything about how special effects are done, it's it's funny how the ghosts appear because they just pop onto screen, and it's just a very very simple editing technique, uh, nothing really to it. But it it works for this type of movie. Um, main road is is snowed in, so a couple of the students go to a small town and try and find out the history of this hotel. Why? Who knows? Just because. But it seems that over twenty years ago, uh, the owner killed off the guests at the hotel and then uh and then years later about eight years ago he kills himself in prison and since then the hotel has been empty and more more investigating from our uh fearless italian actors reveal that the ghosts are actually and i'm 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 not gonna spoil a whole lot here but these ghosts end up being his victims and you find this out fairly quickly and um so anyway then these these fairly lousy Italian actors end up being stalked by the ghosts. Uh, so there is a synopsis. There is a kid in this movie. Um, he is hysterical. The lines that he delivers in this movie are so bad. And not just him. Uh, there's All the actors get get lines that are just cringeworthy. But it, it makes for such a good watch. For Here's an example. Um, so... Here's a here's just a couple lines between two of the students that are stuck in this house. Um, how's it going? Couldn't be worse. Thanks. And it's supposed to be funny, but it comes across as just oh jeez. <laughs> so, um, but 
Regardless, it, it, it to me, it is funny. All the voices are dubbed because that's what Italian horror movies are all about. Back back then was was poor dubbing, and um, they don't sound right. But again, that's part of these movies, their, their charm. Uh, so um, there was a couple other points that I wanted to make about this movie. Um, no, here's here's some more dialogue that I thought was was quite amusing. Uh, the the late the the lead actress, uh, her her character has has psychic abilities. Why? Who knows? But she does. Um, but it it there's a line in the movie that um, after she has her first vision, um, her boyfriend says, uh, "The doctors gave you a respo- a reasonable explanation. They said that you had psychic powers." Yes, that's a that's a reasonable explanation. That that's that's reasonable that you have psychic powers. Um, so yay, it's it's bad, but it's so good. Um, but like I said, the kid actor is atrocious. Uh, <laughs> the gore is atrocious, but so much fun and uh, and silly. This movie is to me. It seemed like the movie was kind of trying to channel. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining with the whole haunted hotel and ghosts of the past. It just, it felt like a really cheap Italian Shining knockoff. But it is loads of fun. Uh, a camera crew, a news camera crew show up for some silly reason. But but if for no other reason to watch this movie, the kid, who is probably eight, maybe nine years old, I would imagine... He's the reason to watch the movie because his dialogue is so bad. Um, but this one here actually has a couple parts that I actually found relatively creepy. I'm like that that not bad, especially the, just the whole atmosphere going on because this is another one of those they don't make movies like this anymore and they don't. Um, so uh, looking here through my notes, um, Another another thing that I found so amusing about these movies, especially Witchcraft and and Lost Souls, was the music that they use in this. Uh, if you're a fan of Italian cinema, uh, more than likely you've seen the movie Demons, um, which Dario Argento produced. Uh, if you haven't seen that, even maybe some of Dario Argento's work, uh, maybe Opera, is a good is a good one. Um, but the music that was used in some of those higher profile movies is not ripped off. It's literally stolen from those movies and put into into this movie. Uh, I'm sure they got permission to do it, but it's there's it's not like it's any different. It's literally the exact same track. Um, so knowing that, I mean, it's it's the music music is actually kind of cool, but knowing that it's literally lifted right from bigger, better Italian movies is just kind of funny. Um, so anyway, um, trying to think of anything else for House of Witchcraft and House of Lost Souls. They're both fun. They're both, they both don't overstay their welcome. Um, uh, it's, they've got comical gore and, um, poor dialogue, poor, bad, bad dubbed, dubbed dialogue. Um, but the plot uh, for both of these is really good, especially House of Lost Souls. It, it, granted, it is kind of a ripoff of The Shining, but The Shining is my favorite movie. And so it's cool to see how they kind of try to incorporate that stuff. But uh, anyway, so 
that's going to be it for the Umberto Lenzi movies. I'm going to touch on, I, I refuse to talk at all about Sweet House of Horrors. I don't even know what the movie's about anymore. Something about two kids, I think, that kill or they got killed in the house. I don't, it was terrible. Um, house of Clocks by Lucio Fulci, though. That's another story. Um, while it's not quite at the level of the other two that I just talked about, uh, it is a very interesting watch for for Lucio Fulci fans, uh, especially fans that know of his career's ups and downs, and that unfortunately, uh, after his heyday, which ended his 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 heyday of movies ended with probably the New York Ripper. Uh, he had this stint in the late 70s and early 80s where everything that he was churning out was just gold. It was just awesome horror, and it still holds up today, and they're, they're called classics. But it was almost like after House by the Cemetery and The New York Ripper is where things started to go downhill. And it didn't help that the, the horror climate was changing over there. Uh, these types of things just weren't as popular as they had been. And so the, the budget got slashed on these things. And, um, you know, I, I know that Lucio Fulci had health issues later on in his career. He passed away in 1996. Um, but uh, he was getting older. Funding wasn't there. And some of the the better, better quality uh, production crews also left town. I mean, he worked with some fantastic special effects artists that are still working today on American movies. Um, they were they were pretty much found by Fulci back back in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, one of the special effects guys that worked on Fulci's Zombie, uh, he did the effects for Hot Tension, which over here in the states is called High Tension, um, and he's still he's still doing stuff. Uh, amongst some others too, but um, anyway, uh, House of Clocks. So House of Clocks. Um, I'll just briefly go over the the storyline here. Again, it's another haunted house deal. This one here involves time travel, kind of. Uh, story revolves around a wealthy older couple who are murdered during a robbery by three young uh, thugs. Well, I don't want to say thugs, but three young. I don't know. Three young Italian bad actors, I guess. Uh, the event results in a supernatural reversal of time, symbolized by the fast counterclockwise movement of hands on the house's many clocks. Eventually, this leads to the resurrection of the older couple, who subsequently seek to terrorize the three burglars. Um, that's kind of uh, the storyline. There's there's a couple other characters in the movie. Uh, there's a groundsman who. His name is Peter, and he's actually played by Al Cliver. And Al Cliver was in uh, several other Lucio Fulci movies, uh, and he actually was in a couple uh, Umberto Lenzi movies. But he's one of those uh, secondary actors that if you see him, you're like, oh, him, yeah, he was in he was in that one. I remember him. He was the guy that got his throat ripped off in Zombies, or he was the guy that whatever. Uh, but he's in a lot of Italian movies. Of course, poorly dubbed, um, but... He's the groundskeeper, and he's kind of like their their henchman. And then, um, as with House of Lost Souls, there's the kid that makes the movie so much fun. In here, in this movie, um, there's a maid. This old couple have a maid named Maria. Um, And she is hysterical. 
uh, just the way she dresses, you're pretty sure she's a man dressed as a middle-aged woman. But no, she's a she's a female. But um, she's hilarious. She's again, she's she's enough reason to watch the movies, um, to watch this movie. But uh, anyway, the thing is, the movie is so bizarre. It's almost like you can tell they the uh, the story is is ambitious and it's actually almost too ambitious for what for the amount of money that they had in the scripts that they had um but it it almost has a um david lynch type feel to it uh, helped on by the weird acting and just the weird storyline and the way things go down and it nothing nothing quite makes sense but it's almost in a way that that plays to it plays to its strengths uh, and I know that I'm I'm guessing that that's not the the way it was supposed to be interpreted this movie, but it just there's enough stuff that isn't quite there. It doesn't quite make sense. That makes it really cool. Um, there's a car wreck in the movie that you're like, okay, you know what? And that adds a whole another layer of no, wait a minute, what actually happened? What did, what did I see here? Um, as with the other two movies. This one here has its fair share of gore. This one here, the gore is actually even uh, lower rent than the Umberto Lenzi movies. Uh, but again, it, it doesn't detract from it. In fact, it it goes with the feel of the movie. This is a late 80s, low-budget movie from, from Italy. Um, so the, the reversal of the clocks is cool. The first couple times I watched it, I'm like, "Come on, give me, you know, throw me a bone here." There's like, you're, there's like five more minutes of movie that's missing from this thing to make it complete. But again, the more I watched this movie uh, through the years, the more, the more I can appreciate the fact that it doesn't quite make sense. It's, it almost does, but sometimes those movies are are fun, especially a, a you know, a David Lynch movie, a, a really good David Lynch movie. I expect to not quite know everything or ha- have everything handed on a on a platter for me that I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got beginning, middle, end, great. Okay, that was a good movie. I Sometimes it's cool when you have a movie that when it's done, you're like, ah, they didn't quite give me enough information. And I'm probably giving this movie way more props than it deserves because it's low rent, but it's fun. And um, it's funny. <laughs> and it's it's got... Um, it's got nudity that is just like you're like scratching your head like this does barely even make sense as to why this is even in here uh now this one here i did read that this one here was gory enough uh that they actually had to take it off of the tv viewing schedule or whatever because it was it was too graphic and what's weird is is the other two if they did play on tv and it, there's no note that they did not um, I thought that those two, especially Lost Souls, House of Lost Souls, was, was every bit as gory, if not gorier, than this thing. And this thing here, the, the effects weren't near as good. Um, but maybe with the subject matter, I don't know. This one here had certainly had more more sex than the the other ones, and more nudity. So that may have uh, that may have been a part of it too. Uh, so uh, these were released on DVD many years ago. Those are the versions that I have. Uh, and that's probably as good as it's going to get for for stuff like this. Um, if you're going to watch, my advice, if you're if you are interested in any of these, watch them all, even the Sweet House of Horrors. But be prepared because that thing, oh man, that was that was a chore. It didn't help that, uh, other than the beginning graphic killing, 
because I, I think it was involving two kids, but I don't remember. But but after that, the movie is just Dollsville for eighty some minutes, where just nothing happens. It seems, um, and I, I just with these types of movies, there has to be a couple different, at least one hook to get you to like, oh, okay, this is this like the the horrible actress in this, the the maid. Like, if nothing else, it would have been enjoyable just watching her acting, quote unquote. Uh, and same with the other two. There has to be, you have to get past that, the fact that these are cheesy, low budget movies. There has to be some certain hooks in there to get to get you to watch, not just, well, we've got a we've got a good enough story or whatever. No, you need you need some gore and you need some some TNA and you need you just need some some stuff to to get the viewer hooked so to speak. So, uh, anyway, and these movies, for the most part, do that. Um, this was one of Fulci's last movies. It wasn't his very last. Uh, that's another episode. I'll discuss that movie. That movie actually has a, a Blu-ray release, uh, Voices from Beyond. And, wow, let me just say that House of Clocks is certainly better than Voices from Beyond, his last movie. Uh, but for completists, I w- if you're... If you're uh, at all interested in Fulci's later work, please check out House of Clocks. If you've never seen an Umberto Lenzi movie, um, you could certainly do a lot worse than these two. He's got a, a long list of movies. The ones that I listed were are, I think, his cream of the crop. He also has some crime, Italian crime cop dramas uh, that, that supposedly are pretty good. I actually haven't seen them, but they actually get fairly high marks. But usually when it deals with, when we're talking older Italian European stuff, I usually tend to go gravitate more for the horror stuff versus the, the cop thrillers or whatever. Because at least with the horror things, you can generally be sure that you're going to be getting some some uh, over-the-top gore and and uh, who knows what who knows what kind of a rip-off it's going to be of what American movie. Um, but uh, it is it's it's interesting to say that that. The horror genre goes through different changes. Sometimes there's like there's like the golden age of the slasher movie, which was in the early '80s. Um, there was a time where the Italian the Italian horror movie was a big deal, uh, and that was that was that was late '80s, maybe even mid or I'm sorry, mid '70s to to early '80s was that was the big Italian horror boom. There's a ton of movies out there. Um, Mario Bava was really the one that started the the Italian horror uh, craze, and he, he that was way back in. We're talking like now we're getting into the '60s with Black Sunday and Black Sabbath and some of his other stuff, um, Bay of Blood. But Mario Bava was kind of the originator. He started it, and then Dario Argento took it to the next level with his uh, with his Giallos that he made in the early '70s. Um, and then from there, I mean, he started pumping out fantastic stuff. I mean, he did some of the best um, best horror to ever come out of Italy. And some of my favorite horror movies, uh, Deep Red is fantastic. If you're a fan of the slasher movie um, or even a, a, like a mystery movie with some slasher elements, Deep Red is fantastic. That was from 1975. His masterpiece, in my opinion, is Suspiria. Uh, and Tenebrae comes in at number two. Tenebrae is... Uh, one of my favorite slasher movies of all time. I've seen it 
countless times, and I know I'm I'm starting to rabbit trail now, but just kind of giving you a brief history of Italian, the Italian horror, uh, horror movie, and the different phases that it went through. Uh, but because of Argento, I mean, it started with Mario Bava, but because of Dario Argento, that brought on uh, Lucio Fulci, and then he had some. You know, it's almost like he took over, over in the late '70s, early '80s with his extremely extremely gory movies he had that that five or six of them that were just so hardcore uh, and uh, and then he started to fizzle out Dario Argento he he made it through the 80s and he's still making movies and they're not necessarily that good but he's still making movies um, but it seems like the horror genre just goes through different fads I mean the 80s early 80s slasher thing kind of came to an end there was the 90s, or no, actually it wasn't the 90s, it was, it was more of the early 2000s. It was the J-horror, that was when there was all the ghost stuff. Um, there was a small period of time where the French had uh, had their hands in, in the horror pot, and that was, that was later 2000s, uh, like 2005, 2010, somewhere, somewhere in there. They had a handful of really, really good horror movies. Um, even the scream, scream, uh, Wes Craven's scream kicked off that whole subgenre here in the states with the self, self-winking, uh, jokey horror movie. I mean, I mean, then that thing died out. Um, so anyway, I can get into more of that later. Uh, but regardless, if you are, if you're into into this type of thing, um, they are worth checking out. They really, truly are. Uh, the more times I watch them, for some reason, the more I like them. They're just fun, and um, I think you'll like them too. Because if you're listening to this show, then you enjoy this type of thing. And um, I say go out, try and find them, pay the small amount that they are on DVD if you're a collector, or even check them out on YouTube. I'm I'm pretty sure that they're at least on YouTube. Um, so anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. I appreciate you listening. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. Again, eventually I'm going to be upgrading to uh, my own email for this particular uh, podcast. But that is a way to get a hold of me if you have any questions, comments, uh, movies that you'd like me to watch, or movies that you'd like to recommend to me. Like, hey, have you seen this? If not, you really should. Because I would love to hear from, uh, from the viewer out there what some of your favorites are, if there are certain ones that I should check out. And it doesn't have to be horror uh, I'm just I'm looking for movies that that have just kind of been swept under the rug or have been forgotten, um, and that that should be di- should be discovered for one reason or another. Even if they're kind of bad movies, there's still a certain charm to them. Let me know. I'd love to to hear about them. And uh, also, don't forget about my sister show that I, I co-host with Eric Marner, uh, Movie Freaks. You can uh, check that show out on YouTube or. Uh, uh, Become a fan of Movie Freaks on Facebook, and we're on there. Uh, and there also, I've got some other friends doing their own show, Cinema Sidekicks. It's a blast. I've been on the show a couple times. But uh, they focus uh, quite heavily on the newer release stuff, which I do not do. So if you're interested in newer release stuff, th- those guys make their way to the theater quite a bit. So And they're continually up- updating and, and doing new shows and having new reviews. So I highly recommend listening to the show. They're a good group good group of guys um always fun to listen to them and it's always fun to co-host with them so anyway that's going to do it for me today 
Thanks for listening to Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm Eugene Weaver, and I will uh, be talking to you next time. Thanks.